Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by our favorite sustainable period care company, Hello Period. everybody and welcome to your bonafide favourite <laughs> pop culture fucking podcast. Has this become official? Um, yeah, I think like, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it's pretty official. It's like... pretty official. I mean, we've only done it 18 times. So. <laughs> I've only said it every week because we, honestly we have no other tagline. Yeah. So it's just come. I'm just always waiting for it to come out of your mouth. Oh, I know. Um, hello everybody. Hope you're all doing well wherever or however you're listening. Liv, I've actually been talking to you about this for the past 20 minutes, about how I'm just bursting at the seams with things to say. Lucy has got so much content, and none of it I really know about, so I'm kind of excited. We actually haven't, usually we have a little, like, kind of debrief-ish before we... Pre-brief. Pre-brief, yeah. (laughs) Before we get on mic, but today I feel quite raw. Yes. Like, we haven't really had that. We haven't really caught up about the weekend. (laughs) Even though we caught up about the weekend in the weekend. But, did we? Well, we did see each other Friday night and Saturday night. Oh. <laughs> but no, I guess not enough. No. Do you know what we haven't caught up about? What? Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. First of all, Dungeons and Dragons. This isn't what describes my week, but Liv and I had our first game with Ruby and Dungeon Master T.I. Have Butler. And we said we would keep you informed. So yes. here it is. First of all, someone responded to my... We had a one-year anniversary of the newsletter. Um, thank you for all your kind words about that. <laughs> and I introduced all the shit you should care about characters. And then we had one person in my inbox saying, I think you've forgotten a character. <gasps> Mr. T.I. Butler. <laughs> and it was the cutest shit I'd ever seen in my life. I, I like, have no idea who this person was. They Bless. must listen to... Culture Vulture, yeah. and know that we just refer to him like with his full name. And he's the only person that gets his full name. Like, no one else in the Cisco universe gets their last name at all. <laughs> but it's like, it's because, like, I hear is our dungeon master, our podcast producer, our bandmate. Like, he slowly just infiltrated our lives. It's like every evening we've got like something, something on. It's actually the best shit ever, and um, judging by his face, I think he appreciates being having the shout out and being recognised. Finally, 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 getting the recognition he deserves. <laughs> anyway, so he hosted us um, for our first ever D and D sesh. It was like therapy and game playing all in one. It was magical. Yes, like. Like we were transported. So we go in there. We've got these cute little notebooks, pencils, all these amazing, amazing dice or die. I don't know how to say it, and we just don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time to go into that. Is it bona fide or bona fide? We don't know. <laughs> oh my god, bona fide still sounds dirty. And then you said we're raw. From- <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> just like throwing back to that. Oh my god. No. Anyway, um, and and. 
Tiahe had like music playing in the background that was all Dungeons and Dragonsy, and for some reason it matched. I mean, maybe this was planned, but it matched up to like the story. Like when you were hitting a bit of a climax, it would sort of. Yeah, honestly, I was so confused about that. Same. Was that planned or? Oh, oh my god! god. It was planned. He's nodding. <laughs> It's real magic. We can't see what he's doing because he's got this like amazing illustrated kind of wall, I guess, um, between us. So you just feel like, honestly, he's got this higher power. He's got this thing that you put the dice into and it like spits it out. Like, I don't know. Amazing. It's just all amazing. And we decorated or designed our own little characters that he fucking 3D printed and then painted with what must be the tiniest, the smallest paintbrush in the world. Which is incredible. Um, and so when we sat down to play, it was just real vibey. We we are so obsessed with the like mundane details of things that I think we got through like half of the story that we were meant to get through because we were all just making funny comments. Oh, everything like, is so slow with us. Like yes. anything like slightly odd we have to pick up on. <laughs> or anything slightly reminiscent of our real yeah. life. <laughs> like, we can't just let it flow. But in, in saying that, we can't just let it flow. It flowed so mm. well that we skipped our dinner break. We looked at the clock and it was like 20 to 9. We'd been playing since like 6.15 or something. So truly, honestly, ever. if you want to get transported yes. to another universe, you've got to give it a go. Someone asked us, and we're definitely not ready for this, but someone emailed saying, can you please record your D&D sessions and put them up as a bonus episode? Oh my goodness, imagine. And I was just like, I don't think I'm ready to have people hearing. No, about like our live lives. Um, because About our characters that yeah. maybe portray the parts of us we hate or we love or like yeah. who knows. Anyway. But you vulnerable. will be getting you will be getting debriefs because we've got another game booked in tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Well, for all you listening, yesterday night, yeah, <laughs> which you won't hear about until next week. So, <laughs> so do the math, Ed. Cliffhanger. <laughs> um, next thing I wanted to bring up just before we get to get into what describes our week. Also, my what describes my week is going to be so fucking boring compared to all this like chat. Liv, mm. we did an episode last week on child stars. We did. Actually, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about child stars. And in response to me sharing the podcast episode, I had a few people saying, um, you need to read about Will Wheaton or you need to talk about Will Wheaton. And the name really rang a bell to me because I knew that someone called Will Wheaton followed us on Instagram. I also knew that someone by the same name was a Cisco supporter, as in like pays for our media, mm. like reads the newsletter, loves the newsletter. But then I didn't really think That's much. Very of it. good remembering. Yeah, well, it's because like I think he was one of the first like verified people to right. even share us, and so he pops up in my mind a lot. Totally. Also, there's a Family Guy episode where they go Wheaton, oh. and it's just like. <laughs> It just stuck with you. It's like, no fucking way. Will Wheaton yeah. has subscribed. Literally, no way someone that's Stewie Griffin has said my name is subscribing. Knows who we are. No. God, we are actually ridiculous. Oh. Something about the studio just puts me know, I'm just like, like, And we crash after this. Yeah, honestly. I don't even drink coffee. No, I'm just feeling jazzed. electric. Um, so anyway... Liv, you sent out your Culture Vulture mm. newsletter, which slayed this week, Thank all you. about child stars. Um, just give me a wee rundown about some of the most prominent ones and maybe why they have been treated how they've been treated in the past. And do you know who responded to you? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, our wonderful Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's 
Will, if you're listening, we adore you. Yes. So, Will was in Stand By Me. He was in Star Trek. He was a fictionalized version of himself in 17 episodes of The Big Bang Theory. He, like, he's done a lot of voice acting, like, in Ben 10 and Teen Titans Go. He's, like, you know, goes to Comic-Con and things like that. Like, he's quite These a, are huge titles. Yes. Like, very fucking famous. Yeah. And so I wanted to read out what he responded um, to Liv's newsletter because I just think it's just amazing to have this type of insight from mm. someone like Will. He said, hey, Liv, my name is Will Wheaton. I was an exploited and abused child star in the 80s. I knew Drew Barrymore, both Corys, River Phoenix, Mac, etc. I played Gordy in Stand By Me and Wesley in Star Trek The Next Generation. As an adult, I played a version of myself on The Big Bang Theory for 10 years. My mother forced me to be an actor when I was seven, and before I took control of my finances from them, my parents stole everything from me. I have CPTSD as a result of being forced to work when I was a kid. CPTSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a condition where you experience symptoms of PTSD, but you also have some additional symptoms, um, including difficulty controlling your emotions and feeling like really distrustful towards the world and towards everyone, which Which makes sense. Makes complete sense. So he goes on to say that he wrote about his experiences in a book that was released earlier this year. I mentioned this because I posted a long excerpt from it to my blog last week, which may be relevant to this newsletter and the discussion about child labour, which I'll link in the show notes. What I wrote about happened to me in 1986 or 1987. It breaks my heart and enrages me that this is still happening today to people like Britney Spears, Jeanette McCurdy and Demi Lovato. I really appreciate you speaking about calling child labour what it is and starting a conversation about protecting children. Thanks for everything you and the rest of the team do, Will. And then I asked him if, you know, we if we could talk about this or if we could share it in the newsletter and he said... Yes, he might write something else for the mm, newsletter, and then he that finished. would be great. I thought that would be wonderful, um, and he finished off by saying, "Thank you for seeing me." And I just thought, how one incredible that this platform that we've built is reaching people like Will, yeah, and two, how fucking touching and scary and sad and just real does that make our conversation well what jumps out to me is the fact that like he feels seen by us and that just shows the absolute lack of media around this topic because and he had to say us calling it what it is whereas to us and this is quite um true of gen z Mm. we don't know what maybe it has been referred to in the past or whatever we can call it what it is because we only know that as child yeah like the pr around we've grown up with seeing britney you know be freed and things like that so we're lucky that we have no qualms about saying it how we see it. Absolutely. So anyway, I just thought Will deserved a bit of a shout-out in here. We've also just been told by our wonderful Dungeon Master bandmate podcast producer, Suska character, T.I. Butler, (laughs) that he is a very impressive and prominent D&D player. So So there we go. Fuck. We love him. play an online game with him. (laughs) Yeah, we should. (laughs) Oh, no, that was actually, that's really, really touching. And that's really sad that obviously it's this issue is still going. And he must be sat there being like, what the fuck? Like, Like, how have we not come further? Yeah, sort of went through it. And now he's seeing more young people. So anyway, Liv, um, what describes your week? Oh, God. Okay, I haven't talked to you about this. Um, So in the weekend, I went with a friend to one of their, like, family members' 
houses um, that I hadn't met before. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really lovely. Like, we got cooked for and it was amazing. And then afterwards, um, I was trying to, like, reverse my car out. Oh! oh what's happening? What's coming? What's coming? <laughs> no. I was... <laughs> Why does this shit always happen to me? Okay, it's my fault, but... <laughs> okay. So I was trying to reverse my car out, and the grass was really, really wet. I'd, like, kind of <laughs> kind of um, parked, like, on the grass, so it was fine. Yeah. And, like, my car just got stuck. And, like, my friend had, like, gone up the driveway. I was, like, meant to, like, go pick them up. But so I couldn't, like, like I was like, what the fuck? My car's stuck. Then I couldn't find my phone. And I was like, where is my phone? No, this is the most fucked up thing ever. I'd run over my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Oh my, my phone's fine. Oh, my God. 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 Like, Liv and I do this shit all the time, but Liv do oh all my bigger extent. I'm so glad you saved me. I'm so mic. red right now. Oh, um, Rosacea. <laughs> so I'm like, it's fucking like 11 p.m. at night. <laughs> what the fuck did you run over your fault? <laughs> like, you'll all remember when Liv drove six hours know. to Wellington and ended up in Napier. I don't know. I'm like the most flustery, spacey bitch you'll ever meet. And I think my phone must have fallen out of my pocket as I was like getting in the car. Happens to anyone. (laughs) That happens to anyone before y'all say it. (laughs) Driving over your phone. Driving over your phone as you're stuck in the mud. Literally can happen to you tomorrow. So funny because I'm like, see my phone (laughs) face face down in the mud but because the mud was so soft it hadn't cracked my phone it just like oh, pushed it, it. <laughs> so what was the wheel going round and round on top of the no this is like I'd like reverse out and oh, then I'd gone and stuck okay. <laughs> I thought you were just constantly like <laughs> yeah and it's vibe oh. no 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 just um just oh no your, so your, just your classic your run over your, your normal phone as you do it's actually better that it was in the mud and not on the concrete <laughs> oh yeah oh my god yeah no so my phone's fine which is the same grace how does that happen how'd you get out M- my friend and their like family member had to push me out of the fucking oh. grass it was humiliating it was humiliating anyway oh no just like because when this shit happens, because it happens to me in other ways yeah. as well, and you just feel like, well, I'm here forever. Like, yeah. you just feel like, well, unless I'm ringing AA, yeah. I'm not kidding. No, genuinely. This is like when this happens, because these things happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they happen a lot, I don't really have a reaction to them. So, like, <laughs> I'll like get stuck and I'll just sit in my car and be like, okay. 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 Right. Well, okay. I don't want to have a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love that's awful. Yeah, and I've like fucking ripped up the grass so bad anyway. <laughs> I love just doing burnouts on the grass. Oh, anyway, dumb. that's what described that was. Oh, I'm glad you didn't last try to hide drama. that one. Oh, no. <laughs> this time around, you came I just it. used it for content. Yes. Well, to humiliate a- myself in front of whoever listens to this fucking podcast. Oh. But. but it's sort of fine when it's strangers. But yeah. I think this makes us relatable because. <laughs> Does it? Well. 
Can y'all try? This <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm trying to make you feel better. Yeah, no, thank you. Like, I've accepted it. Yeah, I've accepted who I am as a person, yes. and these things will continue to happen. And we'll continue to live. I don't know happen. what to do about it. <laughs> well, that's way better than my what describes my week, which better is better or much much worse. Yo, way better. Um, mine is moving out, Billy Joel. Oh, one of my favorite yes. songs at the moment, maybe of all time. My little brother Ben showed it to me, and ever since hearing it with him, I fucking love it. But anyway, I'm having to move. <laughs> God, I don't want to say that. I'm I'm having to move out, but I'm also not really around for much of the next few months. So, as you know, we're going on the Cisco Roadie, mm. so moving can wait. Um, and this weekend, there were just a few tough conversations that happened in my flat regarding the move. It was some, like, it was just a hilarious... Oh, as there always is, you know, when you're coming to the end of, like, a lease, there's yes. just always a bit of, like... Always What's a bit of gonna happen? Who's sticking together? Yeah, a bit of politics. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's all for me. <laughs> anyway, I'm moving out. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, but Liv, moving on from like all of our preamble, <laughs> which was a lot of preamble, um, we have another round of our Hello Period period dramas segment, which I love when it comes around to talk about Same. Those. Also, I've just got my period, so kind of I'm on my period. Guess what I'm wearing right now? Period undies. Yes, Boom. I am. Slay. We have a discount code for them, everyone. Um, the discount code is shit yeah. S-H-I-T-Y-E-A-H. And you have to say it like that when you type it into the computer. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I'm getting 15% off my Hello Undies at visiting by visiting HelloPeria.com and putting it in the discount code section. <laughs> yes, you fucking are. Um, quite obviously, this section, this episode, all of this made possible by our literal best friends at Hello Period. Oh, we love them. We adore. We adore them and all their products, to be honest. But what we adore as much, if not more, is... Every one of you that has sent us some of your crack up period stories. Because oh, iconic. They make me feel a bit better about getting yes. stuck in the mud. <laughs> Literally. So last time we worked with Hello Period, you guys sent in just so many fucking stories that, as you know, we have started this little recurring segment that pops up every now and again where we talk about your period dramas. Today's stories are focusing on period six we had a lot of you talking about your period sex moments, so I just sort of collated some of my faves. And I actually added in a few that I'd seen online. I haven't heard these, so I'm really excited, as always, to hear. Honestly, these are always so fucking good. I know. So we had, just to preface this, we had so many responses um, about period sex, which I actually loved, because mm. most of them were like, 
didn't realize I was on my period. It started like, and it was fine. Like we laughed about it's it. to the best of us, oh, sweeties. Look, it does. And mm. you know what? We're just way past the point that we even give a fuck. And like, take away the stigma. Take away the stigma. Also, we're going to get to this in a second, but hello, period. Make this thing called a period disc, which is like revolutionized mm-hmm. having sex on your period because you can do it. No mess, no qualms, no drums. No qualms, it's- no drums. Also, this has been absolutely revolutionary for the sex industry mm-hmm. because. You know, sex workers, they no longer have to give up a week of work yes. that they cannot afford to do because at the end of the day, they're still going to be having sex. Sex workers often have used sponges, mm. which can create really harmful bacteria. So this is just so much safer. And and it keeps them paid. It absolutely does. So good. So We love it. And I also just love with Hello Period is that they have basically created something for everyone, especially with the period undies. You know, there's so many reasons that people either can't or don't like or they just can't manage to get it quite right when Mm -hmm. you're putting something in you. But the period undies are just like any undies. For sure. Like if you, you know, that day you're just like, I'm in a rush. Like I can't be bothered trying to figure out how to get this to not leak or whatever. Just chuck on your period undies. That's exactly what I did this morning, and it is life-changing. Oh, and you just wash them. Like It's so, it's just fucking easy. Anyway, we're going to get to the stories that I promised you um, before. So one of them was just, started my period during sex. When he pulled out, he yelled that his balls were bleeding. <laughs> Sorry, I just like that. Oh, it's just so yeah. funny. It's just... <laughs> The absolute gap between people with penises and people with vaginas can be quite hilarious. Like I know. what they think about going periods. On down mm-hmm. I did read there was one that was like um, he was going down on me or something, and he came yeah. up and he was like, "I feel like beer grills." It's <laughs> like man versus wild. Someone just messaged saying, I, um, "I had sex on my period. We both sat on the bed and cried." <laughs> Like, maybe they didn't realize, or you know, you're really emotional in your period. And they were just like, it was so good. The moment, that was so good. Well, just the moment it's gone, and they're like, because there's this whole thing about like, this is disgusting, which it's not. Yeah. But people feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. So maybe like, just like, they had this big build up. Maybe they'd like flown across the world to see each other, and then it was like, oh, you fucking kidding. Yeah. Well, period disc, uh, mm-hmm. solves mm-hmm. your problem. Um, and then these two, so we had just heaps and heaps of the same, like it started during sex, mortifying, like that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> God, I didn't actually Imagine. know that that was going to come in my The phone. register was like, she doesn't need to warm up. <laughs> oh, I think all the this chat is probably all the, all the band practice. Your range is oh just <laughs> the head higher and higher. <laughs> Um, so these are two that I read online, but I just wanted to share because I thought they were crack. I was a student staying at my boyfriend's parents' house. We thought we could eliminate some of the mess by doing it from behind over a chair. All seemed to go according to plan until the next day Way when he... over a chair. <laughs> How is he going to eliminate the mess? Is they going to, like, put it all over the so over a chair? Anyway. Well, but, like, don't we love the attention to detail? Yeah, we do. All seemed to be going according to plan until the next day when he and I are lying on the sofa and his mother comes in holding aloft the pale blue blood-soaked shirt he'd been wearing when we'd been getting busy. Mm. We tried to convince her it was mud, but she was having none of it. I still cringe about it now. It looked like someone had killed a pig in it. Oh, no. See, if I was a mum, yes, I wouldn't embarrass them like that. Yes. 
But, That's true. Mm, or, generational gaps. Generational gaps, yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll be a good mum. Well, maybe she was scared that someone got shot or something. But. Well, apparently she was having none of it, none of the excuses, so maybe. No. Anyway, the next one. So my story is less about the period sex itself and more about what happened in its aftermath. I'm 17 and with my bad boy boyfriend. He was my mate's older brother, hot, and I thought he was the coolest person in the whole world. Plus, the sex was phenomenal. I didn't know I was due until he was going down on me one day and he emerged from the duvet. Okay, this is the Bear Grylls one. I must have seen it online. And he emerged from the duvet looking like Bear Grylls. Whoops. I was embarrassed, but he was completely cool about it all. Love that. Fast forward to the next morning when we're cuddling in bed and he said... After last night, I feel like I can be a bit more real with you. Stop! Then he brought, brought his hand to his mouth and removed a tooth plate, tooth plate, revealing a whole row of missing teeth. He smiled at me <laughs> with his huge gummy hillbilly grin, and I've never tried so hard in my whole life not to piss myself. That's not very nice. Wait, I've God, what a turn that story took. I genuinely didn't know that was happening until I read it. It is the strangest I've ever heard in my life. But I'm so here for it and blessed and periods bringing people together. Oh, I know. So <laughs> don't be insecure, besties. No, do not be insecure. But if you want to feel a little more secure, um, you should grab a Hello Disc. Yes. No mess, no Talk qualms. about security there. All about security there. Also, the Hello Period undies, honestly, couldn't rate them high enough. Like, they're so much more absorbent than tampons and pads. They also hold, like, five times more, so you can mm-hmm. wear them for a fucking long time. They look really cool. Like, they yeah. look like lacy, sexy undies. Yeah, totally. Like, you honestly, feel sort of hot. Yeah. You sort of love them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you should go and get yourself a pair Again, you can get 15% off for saying shit, yeah. Um, no, not for saying it. For entering shit, yeah. Anyone just says shit, yeah, shit, your yeah. phone will pick it up. <laughs> the undies will drop into your hand. Tracking these days. Tracking. Um, enter shit, yeah, in uh, the discount area at checkout at helloperiod.com to get 15% off your period undies and let us know how they go. Right, Liv, we are going way over time because we had so many personal stories to talk about this week. The Naughty or Nice this week is going to be exclusive to the Culture Vulture newsletter, which if you become a monthly or annual Siska supporter, you have access to. It comes to you every Saturday morning, so you can subscribe to that in the show notes below. But Liv, the main co-papa of this episode, which we haven't even introduced... Oh, we, we were doing so well. We were doing so well so in the lead up to this episode. But it's in the title. Um, we're talking about Gabby Hanna mm-hmm. because we must. We must. It's sort of everywhere at the moment. Yeah. What's been going on with Gabby and her TikTok and her mental health. Yeah. And so this is kind of on brand for Culture Vulture because we're not doing this as a, you know, just discussing what she did. No. We're more doing this as a, okay, what has made this happen. It's giving Kanye a little bit the same sort of conversation we had around him. This is the thing. And for as long as we have TikTok and for as long as we have influencers and people sharing their personal lives, we will always have these issues come up. So it's kind of like we need to learn how to react to them and how to think about them. Yeah. So I guess this is going to be like Gabby Hanna and the dangers of influence, especially when mental health is brought into it. So, yeah, lovely. Let's, let's dive into it. So 
Who is Gabby Hanna, first of all? So I'm not going to lie, I didn't know who she was. Lucy, you did? You were a follower? Yeah, I knew um, vaguely of who she was from her YouTube years. I never watched. Um, But then when she came on to TikTok and everyone started talking about her and she was in the news a little bit, I became aware of the face but not really the story. Totally. So she actually started on Vine. Right. And then when Vine shut down and all of the people moved from Vine to YouTube, she was one of those people. She then created The Gabby Show, which was on YouTube, Mm -hmm. which was awarded um, several web awards. Mm -hmm. And then her YouTube channel sort of became all about drama videos, which was kind of like what was happening at the time on YouTube, what was trending. So she has 7.8 million followers on TikTok and she has done like a lot of kind of comedy things, but she's really now taken this sort of spiritual route. She does a lot of like spoken poetry. Mm. She does a lot of philosophical chat. Like she gets... Ever since moving to TikTok, that was when she sort of didn't really have, like, she probably had fans, but she moved to TikTok and it was almost like treated, she was treated as a bit of a meme mm. because she would write lyrics and sing songs and she's like not the best singer, but she's one of those classic, I'm an influencer, so maybe I should yeah, sing. Yeah, actually, I saw her most recent because I've been kind of going back through the archives, seen her most recent singing video and like the comments were like, she's really improved. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay. So she's a little bit of like, Nothing that she did on TikTok, I think, got taken incredibly seriously. She'd sort of fallen off the Mm. influencer, like, um, we're going to be influenced by you. It's more like we're kind of watching. Watching you. What's going on. You're acting a little. Entertainment in a kind of fucked up way. Yeah. Yeah, which is a dangerous space to be for yeah. someone. Mm. Uh, she's also, also released a poetry book called Adolescence. Mm. Um, and she's done a whole lot of kind of music stuff. So she's got her fingers in a lot of pies. But what has been happening recently with her is that she, over I think like 96 hours, I think what was it, last week or the week before? Yeah, it must have been last week. Yeah, she was... She uploaded something like 200 TikTok videos, Yeah, which I wasn't following at this time, and they have since been deleted. But from what I can gather, it was a whole lot of kind of gibberish, like a lot of talk about religion and politics, but like really kind of going on tangents, Yeah, maybe a little bit away from reality. It felt very, very disconnected and quite worrying. So Mm -hmm. I was watching it at the time. Not all of it, because like you said, there was 200 videos, but the ones that went viral were like people commenting things like, people need to get her help, and then she's just screaming in the mirror like, help me, help, like almost making fun of them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it was like quite a literal cry for help. And then she was saying so many things about religion that we maybe hadn't heard from her before and saying things like she's a woman of colour because she's from Lebanon, but she was doing some quite racially insensitive Mm -hmm. things. I think there were also some sort of commentary that was bordering on transphobic. Yeah, I mean, it was basically everything she was doing felt like a cry for help, but also she was being if she was in her right mind it would be incredibly incredibly insensitive but you could tell there was far more going on than what met the eye that there wasn't a lot of control with what was coming out of her mouth and then love did you see that 
a boy or a man let himself or knocked on her door. Yes. She let him in. And then there was sort of this weird, like, he was taking advantage of her by making content in her house. And she was, like, unsafe. and Which is really fucked up. So she goes to talk about this quite in depth. She has, like, 17 a 17 part like TikTok kind of video series on what uh, like what happened last week mm-hmm. sort of thing and first of all she does go to say that yes she was in a manic state i think this is kind of good to start off with because it adds a lot of, a lot of nuance to maybe what she was saying it adds potentially an explanation not an excuse mm. but yeah a whole lot more levels and depth to this conversation it's it's more complicated than it comes across at first so basically she has been pretty open with the fact that she has bipolar Mm -hmm. and she goes on to say that like afterwards in these videos explaining what happened she was like I've always been open with the fact I've had bipolar the difference is she's only ever experienced hypomanic states which if you know about bipolar there are two different types of bipolar bipolar one and bipolar two and so bipolar two is a less intense form of bipolar and what classifies as having bipolar two is only having hypomanic states which aren't full-blown mania so these are often like maybe you get an inflated sense of self Mm -hmm. things like this but you're not say thinking that your jesus come down from from heaven or whatever like you're not having totally unrealistic um thoughts and almost delusions yes um so this was the first time ever that she had had a full-blown manic state and so she talks about how she has worked with therapists to sort of deal with having hypomanic states but hasn't had to do this with full-blown mania before so she obviously was in a totally different kind of realm to what she was used to being in with her bipolar. She caveats that at Mm. first in these kind of explanation videos. And then she goes to talk about the guy that came in her house. Mm -hmm. And she says, like, you know, I'm someone that likes to do the right thing morally. Like this guy, I checked, you know, to see if he looked like he was carrying a gun or she made sure she got his DNA and things like this before letting him in to use the toilet. And so this guy was just like, oh, I'm on a run, like, I didn't want to pee in the street, could I please come and use your toilet? And she was sort of like, okay, to be a good person, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. come in. She said she was also on the phone to her friend at the time, so someone, like, was witnessing the fact that someone else was in her apartment. So this all sort of made sense. And then what was really sad was that this guy came in and then totally took Took advantage and started making videos. videos. Yeah, which then she gets really emotional about on these videos that she then kind of unpacks it Mm -hmm. in. So that's something that happens. And then basically, because people were so worried, her followers were so worried about her erratic behavior on TikTok, they actually called the police. And then five policemen came to her house and kind of tried to detain her and they were performing a wellness check. Mm In these videos, she was really unhappy about this. We will go into the conversation around kind of parasocial relationships, Mm. which is becoming more and more integral when we're talking about these kind of TikTokers and these influencers because there's a strange relationship between their followers and them because they're so personal, but then 
Mm. You know, their followers don't actually know them in real life. Do they have the right to call the police on them? All of this sort of stuff. I remember, Liv, when we were talking in our episodes on Yay, Mm -hmm. that states of mania like this can last for quite a long time. So is it possible, you know, as Gabby's making these explanation videos, she's actually still right there in it? I think that it is definitely Definitely possible possible from what I understand about bipolar disorder. Yeah, if you do watch these videos, to me, I mean, this is, I'm not a trained psychologist, but from what it looks like, she kind of starts off like she's kind of come out of it and she's kind of low energy and she's on the kind of come down. And then throughout the 17 part series, she starts to almost feel like she's going back into the same thought processes Mm. that she was in these kind of manic videos. And it's all about philosophy, religion, the divine, the children, the children, um, a lot about how she feels that she is a medium, that she sees spirits and energy, and then also drug use is intertwined there. So she said she was really high when this was all happening. She said she was taking edibles, which she doesn't usually, and that weed gives her more of like a kind of mushroom trip. Um, So she gets quite... She has a little bit of hallucination and things like that. So if you're combining this drug use with a manic episode I guess you know this is this was the outcome and the fact that she streams everything she does online yeah for millions of people to see a a recipe for a recipe for this conversation Mm -hmm. like um there was also a point and I actually don't know where this falls in the timeline Mm -hmm. where she did try and say this was all like Joke's on you, this was all art, you're all talking about me. But then I think that was just another sort of explanation. Yeah, so there's this whole thing that she's releasing an album. Yes. And so she is called the Trauma Queen and she's... Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed and she's releasing an album all about trauma And in every one of these videos, she has her album linked. And then kind of like in between some of the videos, she'll post a video of her dancing to her music and things like this. So a lot of people were being like, is this just a huge publicity stunt for this music video? But in my mind, I'm like, if this is a publicity stunt, then there is something not quite right here. Because who would kind of put themselves through that total privacy violation so regardless, like, bringing oh, – I don't know if it was her mm. intention to make this about her music or no. to explain it away by it being an art thing, but like you sort of said, it's probably a byproduct yeah. of the state. And with the art thing, from what I could gather from watching these videos, she was sort of saying that the whole thing started off as, like, spoken poetry and that the help me and things like that that she was performing. So – it wasn't so much like a oh jokes on you I was acting this whole thing it was more like she obviously sees herself as an artist and she often references really famous artists like Van Gogh Mm. and Michelangelo and people like that who like Michelangelo especially had a real connection with spirituality and that people um those really famous artists back in the day always said that they would get visions come to them and then they'd express that in their art. And she was kind of referring to the fact that 
she was one of these sort of artists and she's okay with people thinking that she's crazy, Mm. um, for lack of a better word, because she's like, well, you just don't understand me. I'm a great artist of our generation. It did feel quite self, like grandiose in a way. Just like, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Absolutely. I am a God. Yeah, for sure. So she was kind of like, oh, I was saying, help me, help me, as like that was the line in the poem. And and you guys didn't understand that. Like I wasn't screaming, I was performing and you just Mm -hmm. don't get my art sort of thing. But yeah, so this conversation is really complex because you've got so many things interwoven, drug Mm -hmm. use, mental health, this strange parasocial relationship on TikTok, people kind of growing up. I know that she is like 30, but she's having all of these huge life, you know, moments of her having her first ever manic episode. Like online. Online. Which is just interesting and ironic in a really horrible way that she would have experienced so many of her big life moments online that it's – no wonder that if this was going to happen, it was going to happen online. But it's also why, like, well, I don't know if it's why, but it's people like, you know, in that heyday of YouTube, like mm-hmm. Zoella and Tanya Burr even, and mm-hmm. like her brother and Alfie, they've all come off Yes. And or they've protected themselves with the content that they now post, whether that's yeah. like just business content or whether it's... It's just they're deciding when and how... They have boundaries. Yeah, they have boundaries. And I just think, like, it's really interesting because I feel like you see little bits of this in influencers that were in that heyday and have now grown up and they're trying to be on all these new platforms and maybe they should have stepped back and looked after themselves a bit more. Like, Mm -hmm. Trisha Paytas's whole existence has been really confusing on the internet. Like, I there's... Like, she, it's not a direct comparison, but she often but there does are things that shock people and make you think, who's around you telling you not to do this or who's stopping you from making these comments or saying that you're this person when we know you're not? Or, you know, she does religious and and quite mm-hmm. transphobic things. And then, I mean, we obviously have Yay. You have, at times, this is, again, not on the same scale, but... Doja Cat, when she goes through those stages, like when she was quitting music and she was having those unstable moments, like, moments, vulnerable moments for the whole world to see. And yes, they are putting them up, but is it their responsibility to censor themselves or is it the platform's responsibility to censor vulnerable people? Because Which if, is what we said about Yay. Which is what we said Instagram. about Yay, because... Whether or not you're going through a mental health crisis or a manic episode, if you're just vulnerable at that point in time, like we all do strange things when we're vulnerable, mm. no matter whether we have mental illness or not. It's like... I guess if it's hard for us to discern through these 200 videos what was really going on, yeah, a platform trying to do that as well... That is true. Equally. And then it's like freedom of speech. I get yeah. it. It's a really, really complicated thing. Do you have... But where's the people on her team, always? This where's is the, the thing. around these people? So people were kind of tagging her family right. and and friends in these videos being like, check up on her. Like, she seems to always be alone in her apartment. Yes. Um, and then Gabby went and said that she then got bombarded with texts by people that she never even fucking saw or, like, family members that hadn't been to visit her in California and she'd been living there for eight years. Her sister spoke out and said 
that her and her family were doing all they could from their home in Pennsylvania. She then went to say, and this is quoted, at the end of the day, you are all strangers on the internet and it is none of your business regardless of your level of concern. And she pinned that comment on her page. So we kind of don't get much from that. And I think that's an interesting lead-in to this parasocial relationship because... Psychologists are now coming out and kind of trying to unpack the situation and figuring out what would have been best to do. And it's not very clear what would be best to do. But a board certified psychiatrist called Judith Joseph, um, who makes educational content on mental health on TikTok, she said people reaching out virtually trying to support Gabby. that's a more appropriate response than calling the police on her, especially if you're a fan and not a physician, because police aren't necessarily equipped Mm -hmm. to respond effectively to mental health crises. And Mm -hmm. this is a conversation that's had quite a lot in the media and that especially America doesn't have the correct systems to deal with people having mental health crises because it can actually endanger the person when the police come and they don't fully understand what's been going on and then say if, you know, she were to attack a policeman or something like that, shit could really hit the fan when it was unnecessary to. That's literally, like, one of the backbones of the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020. Like, the police are not equipped to handle Mm -hmm. someone having an episode rather than someone that they see as violent. For sure. And then this Judith Joseph psychiatrist lady says that calling the police sends the message that people with mental illness need to be told what to do and that they can't make their own decisions and need to be rescued when a lot of the times that's not actually the case like being, they just need to have their phone removed and someone's yeah, safe Yeah, and them. someone's safe with them and emotional support and family support. They don't necessarily need to be taken to a psychiatric unit. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. A lot of people live with these mental illnesses and cope with them well, and they know what to do when they're in these states, but she obviously had no support. So it's really hard because fans were obviously seeing that she had no support. So what do you do? Like, yes. you do think, because oh, fuck. Because we've grown up being like, we care about all these things. Yeah. This is what we think we should do. And we've also grown up with, like, if you don't know what to do, call the police, right? Which sometimes works, Mm -hmm. but in cases of mental health, like, our systems just aren't there yet with how to deal with these things in in the best way possible. So... I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but it's an interesting conversation that I think will continue to be had online. And hopefully when these things happen and because they are happening relatively, you know, often, Mm. um, hopefully things will start to be put in place and people will start to do something about getting rescue teams or, you know, TikTok should have a fucking hotline that you can call if you're worried about your favourite content creator or, like, whatever it is. I think already, though, this... After seeing Yay... Mm. I mean, we sort of said this in our episode that it might help people come to terms a bit more about not just thinking that this person has been saying these awful things Mm -hmm. and doing these awful things. That's what I noticed a lot with Gabby Hannah was that people weren't... Their initial thought wasn't to attack her for what she was saying or doing. Their thought was, you're not okay. That was one. I mean, if there's some good things that come out of that, that was one of them that people were having a little bit more 
understanding. Mm. Obviously, it's going to be a long time before people know how to deal with it. Um, But, yeah, people weren't really coming at her for being an awful person. They were more being like, she needs help. The next one's interesting because as we're talking about parasocial relationships, we often talk about them fans about someone they love, right? With Gabby Hanna, like, I don't think she has a lot of fans that genuinely love her. I think she had... She was just in front of a lot of people. They weren't, like, dedicated super fans. They were people just seeing what was happening. Some of them would have thought, this is a great way for me to capitalize on content. Like, Mm -hmm. the amount of reaction videos Mm -hmm. I saw of content creators commenting. And, again, that's what we're sort of doing. And some of them were nuanced. And that was great. And some of them were those psychologists that you just referenced. And they were... Helpful conversations to try and unpack what's happening. But it is still just, like, this parasocial relationship's different because it's almost like people, like, used it for content. They weren't really fans, so they felt like... So no one was there standing up for her online, really? It was like everyone has free will to comment? Totally, and that's what I noticed about the comment sections as well. There wasn't, like... It wasn't like, we love you, we are your biggest fans. No, and there were a few people being like, you know, I've got bipolar disorder, like, I've had a manic episode, like... This is what has happened, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're here, um, supported, we love you sort of yes. thing. But there were also a lot of people being like, yeah, but you haven't mentioned this, and what about when you said this? And oh, like, that's called whataboutism. I've oh, heard about it in the newsletter today. So and it's much like, whataboutism. It's like, like, okay, well, you've just said this, but what about X, Y, Z that you said in the past? And it's yes. like, no, right here, right now, she is one person going through one thing. Absolutely. Like, don't bring all that shit up. Yeah, and there were... Although there were some, definitely some comments, you know, with a little bit of empathy and Mm. nuance, there were also a lot of comments that didn't have any empathy Mm. or nuance when it came to mental health issues. And Gabby does actually mention this in kind of some of her earlier kind of what happened to me videos when she seemed to be a little bit more grounded. She does talk about the strange kind of taboo around the destigmatization of mental health and she still felt like she was bullied when she was in that vulnerable state and then people kind of go on about how you know we're destigmatizing mental health but the I don't think a lot of people realize the realities of these mental illnesses mm-hmm. and how it can affect people and how they can say things that they potentially shouldn't be held accountable for I don't know the line there but Again, empathy is the easiest way and the best way to go about this. Oh, and yeah. And also we're seeing basically the two examples that mm-hmm. we now have seen and talked about are not representative of normal people going through this in their day-to-day lives. Like these people, one, have huge audiences, which make it really hard, but two, they also have a lot of money and like houses and safety which a lot of people offline who are dealing with this would probably find quite insensitive mm-hmm. that those two people are now what we all refer back to when we think about bipolar. And it's like just knowing that it's not like that for everyone. It's no. Not as as hard as that or as, you know, maybe yeah. easy as that to get the help. Exactly, yeah, like on, on both scales, yeah. right? Like yeah. maybe it's not as intense for other people and they can deal with it and – and live a really happy, fulfilled mm-hmm. life. And then for other people, maybe it's even harder. harder. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all yeah. illness, as mental illness never is. Mm. Everything is expressed so differently in every individual. And we need to remember that when we are looking at people like Gabby Hanna, yeah, it's not the overall, like, this is what it's like. Yeah. And 
just I know that this is also a huge conversation that we can't really properly. We're get throwing into. it in in the conclusion. Yeah, what are you about to say? <laughs> but it's just this whole like. Now we're seeing the generation that grew up on Vine, grew up on YouTube, yeah. and how it's affecting them, and how they seem to be really fucking lonely people yeah. that then have these huge followings but don't have anyone in their real life and then their mental illness is probably exacerbated because they don't have proper support systems and the internet is not yeah. a proper support system your body needs like physical emotional yeah. comfort right like in these situations like, truly even us if we didn't have a full life outside of mm-hmm. the internet which we very much do it would be incredibly like I don't see how people could be there. No, Emma Chamberlain did quite a good job at, you could tell, she went through this period of being Mm -hmm. incredibly depressed and very anxious, very down. She removed herself. This is a thing. Her mum and dad are with her, like, every step of the way. She has friendships off camera. She's put up boundaries. Yeah, Yeah, that's what needs to happen. And because this is such a new thing that we've never had people grow up Mm -hmm. on the internet before, and we've never seen the actual repercussions of it. It's just quite scary mm. to witness these things happen because she's been on the internet now for decades. Mm. And it sort of might just be the tip of the iceberg on this. Absolutely. Oh, well, I feel like we've actually thought of it like at least three more different podcast episodes yeah. that we could do within that. But For sure. That was a really... Like, I thought, I think that I didn't even know what I was going to say yeah. on this mic before you started explaining some of the nuances. To totally. That. I think this whole kind of conversation around what has happened with Gabby Hanna is a real intersection of a lot of different mm. issues and that's exacerbated by the internet, some of them created by oh, the yeah. internet. And. It's just really, really interesting, but also sad to see people at the most vulnerable and at their most, exploit like, themselves yeah. because that's the only way they know how to get validation. And also, like being addicted to documenting everything in mm. their life because is it real unless you've put it on the internet for Literally. these people? Anyway, team, we have chewed your absolute ears <laughs> off today. Oh, I mean, that kind of sounded gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. Bonafidely chewed. Bonafide your chewed ears your re- <laughs> raw ears off. What were you going to. Your rear. Your rear. <laughs> chewed your rear off. No, um, and before we go, Liv, what's on your radar this week? What's on my radar is actually another podcast because we love podcasts. Mm-hmm. And as for you music nerds out there it's called song exploder have you heard no i've been off my podcast game oh honestly it's so good it kind of unpacks really famous songs well some of them are really famous some of them are maybe a bit more niche niche exactly um the one i recently listened to was about madonna's song hung up and it just kind of goes through like a conversation with the producer and Madonna about how they made it, what inspired them, taking, like, the ABBA sample from Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Yes. It's just interesting, like, if you like that sort of shit. It's cool. Yeah. It's a great read. Yeah, what's on your radar, Luce? Um, I actually didn't think of anything on my radar, but I am watching The Rehearsal by Nathan Fielder. Did I already Ooh, talk about this? I don't think so. He did Nathan For You, which is just a... You did. Yeah, no, did. you did. You did, did because we had this conversation and I said, I'm what's Nathan For You? And I thought, oh, no, I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. we just had the exact conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm also still watching the OC. We already know this. And yeah. I'm watching 
um, I May Destroy You, which I'm finding it really hard and I need to watch it slow, slowly. Oh, it's quite... It is. It's a lot. Yeah. But it's fucking good. It's really fucking good. Um, so would recommend, but bit of a content warning, lots of sexual assault. Big content warning for Big that one, warning. yeah. If you want to know more about this situation, Liv does a deeper dive, if that's possible, or maybe a more concise dive mm. um, in the wonderful... It's a more concise dive. Yeah. You'll get a much better structure, structure. <laughs> when it comes to this conversation. Yes, there'll be a thesis yes. um, on on Saturday in the inbox that will come to you if you're a Cisco supporter, annual or monthly. Um, we have to say a huge thank you to Hello Period because of course. they made this episode happen and they allowed us to talk about period sex on mic, which was fun. It's mm-hmm. always, I love reading people's stories. We have to say a huge thank you to the person that you all love and adore and so do we, T.I. Have Butler. You know all the things that he does for us. We don't have to say them all again. <laughs> we have said them many times. Many times. <laughs> Liv. Thank you. And, of course, you, Lucy. Thank you always. Bringing the bands. Bye. Bye.